what we were astonished by, having gone in a really short space of time from two corporate incomes to nothing, was how much spending you can just strip out overnight. And so we just cleared everything. We caught television packages, gym memberships, old insurance policies. We just scaled everything right back. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. Have you ever heard the acronym DINKS? D-I-N-K-S, double income, no kids, usually used in the context of couples that have a capital F for a fabulous lifestyle. How about if that was now double startup, two kids? That is where Christine Armstrong, author of The Mother of All Jobs, and her husband, found themselves, and let me tell you, there was drama with a capital D. Spoiler alert, though, they survived, but they lived to tell the tale, and we get to benefit. Welcome, everyone. If you are new, so glad you found us. If you have a sec, do a screenshot and post it on social media. Make sure you tag me so I can welcome you personally to our financial grown-up community. The show stays around 15 minutes because you're busy, but feel free to binge listen to a few if you have a little more time. We now have a library of more than 100 amazing high achievers sharing their stories and lessons. All right, let's get right to it. Here is Christine Armstrong. Hey, Christine Armstrong, you're a financial growing up. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. And congratulations on your new in the U.S. book. It's already been a huge hit in the U.K. where you are called The Mother of All Jobs, How to Have Children and a Career and Stay Sane-ish. Emphasis on the ish, right? Yeah, totally. (laughs) You have managed to stay sane in an extraordinary circumstance where both you and your husband found yourself in startup mode. Tell us your money story. So I had a lovely job at an advertising agency and I traveled all over the world and presented work. And then when I had a baby, I came back to the ad agency, but the boss had changed and they were offering me different terms and I kind of panicked and um, I took another job, which wasn't a great fit for me. It was a really heavy hours culture and I was really kind of stressed and um, it wasn't a great place for me anyway, but it particularly wasn't a great place with a small baby. But I felt I couldn't leave because while I'd been on maternity leave, my husband, who'd been 18 years at his company, was offered a big package to leave. And he was like, look, I really want to take it. I want to start up this business. I was like, "Okay, yeah, that'll be fine. Great idea. Because you would have the steady income. Right. Because I was just going to go back to my job. And it never occurred to me that I would want to stop or do less work. Kind of career was what I did. You know, in my job in the ad agency, there were really senior women who had families. And that seemed to be what they'd done. And it was fine. So we found ourselves in a situation where I was really unhappy at work and he was with a startup, which is a travel company called Villas for Kids. And as you know, with a startup, you don't make money immediately. So he wasn't making money, but we still needed quite a lot of childcare because also he wasn't home being just a parent. And I was working really hard, but quite frustrated. So I kind of was looking 
for answers and what I thought I could do to kind of make things better. And so I decided that I would have another baby. Of course. Of course. Because that will solve everything. I really, in my mind, I, you know, they say that when you're really stressed, you start making really bad <laughs> decisions and you can only see things in black and white. So I was just like, I've got to get out of here and I've got to take time to think. So I had a babe, another baby, which was great, but it obviously didn't solve my problems at work. Then I went back to work and it was still really, really difficult. And so I decided to go and um, interview women about how they'd made it work and some men as well. And that was really where the book came about. But during this process of interviewing these amazing people and understanding kind of what I needed to do, I had lunch with a really old friend who's a therapist. We were in this cafe and I just talked to her for 45 minutes and she looked at me and she said, look, darling, just go, go back to the office, get your coat and go home. And I was like, you're insane. I mean, I've got a mortgage. I've got childcare. Villas for Kids is making no money. She was like, yeah, but it'll be fine. Just give it to the universe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing at the words. Give it to the universe. The universe does not pay your bills. No, no. So I didn't take her advice. I didn't literally go back to the office and resign. But I went home that evening and said to my husband, look, Jill says I should resign. And he said, yeah, I think you should. You're so unhappy. It'll be fine. So I did. And then I kind of like, in the UK, you get three months notice. So I had three months of pay. So I kind of had three months to sort things out. During that period, we'd booked an amazing like trip of a lifetime to go and visit my sister in Thailand. Basically, the first thing I did with no income whatsoever was get on a plane to Thailand and go and stay in five-star hotels that my sister had booked for me where breakfast costs like $50 a person. And Chris and I just kind of got fits of hysterical giggles and kind of weren't really sure what to do or how to make it stop because it was all pre-planned. And so Chris was like, okay, look, the only thing we can do is just to enjoy it and then we'll deal with stuff when we get back. So basically, so now you're going to start your own business as an author because you've got this book in progress. Your husband Uh is at this business, which, spoiler alert, is doing great now, but was at its early stages. And you're living a lifestyle that needs two incomes from steady jobs to support. Well, I would say that that was our saving grace, actually. I think we were really fortunate that my husband bought a house a long time ago. So actually, when we came back from Thailand and we're like, okay, let's just clear the decks. We've got to lose every piece of spending that we have that is not essential. What we were astonished by, having gone in a really short space of time from two corporate incomes to nothing, was how much spending you can just strip out overnight. And so we just cleared everything. We caught television packages, gym memberships, old insurance policies. We just scaled everything right back. And what we were astounded by, and we really worked together on it, we were really focused on it. And we went from shopping in the equivalent of Whole Foods to like the discount aisle at the discount supermarket. And we were just astonished, actually, how little you can spend when you really, really put your minds to it. Having been massively complacent, it has to be said. And so we just stripped out all spending and kind of whittled everything back and basically then rebuilt from there. So I didn't immediately start a business. I freelanced for a while. And then I met a guy called Robert Phillips, who was uh, had it in his mind an idea of a consultancy he wanted to set up and was really inspirational. So I kind of joined up with a group of people and we started a consultancy that's been really successful and has given us a great and stable income and allowed us to compensate. But it really took nearly a year for us to sort all of that out. All right. What is the takeaway for our listeners? So my takeaway, the thing that Chris and I have taken and run through our lives is 
to keep your fixed costs as low as you can so that you've always got the flexibility to change. So we were saved by the fact that we didn't have an expensive car policy. We didn't have kids in really expensive childcare. We don't have kids in expensive schools now. Like we keep the baseline really low so that we can scale up or down according to what we've got available. So what you learned really is that a lot of these expenses that were just part of your life, you weren't really thinking about. It was pretty easy to just say goodbye to them. It really was. You know, I do totally take responsibility for having previously been complacent, but we both had good jobs. We both kind of got promoted pretty regularly. Our incomes had got bigger and we just really assumed that they would just continue to get bigger. And we just really were very thoughtless about A, the impact of childcare and just how much money that is, and B, how you often also lose one or half a salary, and we managed to lose two salaries, which I think was quite an achievement, when you have kids. So I think my other big learning is to keep your, as well as keeping your expenses as low as they can be in terms of core expenses, but also to be really thoughtful about what your childcare costs are going to be and how you're going to organize work when you've got kids. Yes. Another big expense with children is the holiday season and all this gift giving that goes on, which brings us to your everyday money tip. Yeah. I'm really interested in the circular economy, which is reusing things and not keeping but mind making new stuff. So um, I really try and use second buy secondhand things, whether it's books or toys looking on eBay for things and getting the kids used to the idea that a gift is a gift, even if it's secondhand. And I think you can still give things to people they really care about without spending as much money as you might have done. And not hiding the fact that it is secondhand, actually making that part of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think being proud of it, you know, fixing something up. My husband's great at repainting stuff or making it look better, you know, and being really proud of it and saying, I found this in a secondhand shop and I thought you'd really like it. That's okay. And what I find is that strangely, people are quite excited that you went to the trouble to go and look for it for them. And if you fixed it up a bit and made it look nice, then great. So embrace it. Enjoy it. Well, one thing that I enjoyed was your book, which is called The Mother of All Jobs, How to Have Children and a Career and Stay Sane-ish. And as I joked at the beginning, emphasis on the ish. And one of the great things about it is that it's very real. You have some very relatable and specific stories. You did a lot of work interviewing people here. I did. I So I started off with those interviews I mentioned with really senior women who were very high flying. And then I kind of went for the book to lots of really, really ordinary women doing ordinary jobs who are never going to be chief exec, probably never going to be on the board, are just working to pay their bills, basically, and to really understand the dynamics of their relationships, their kids, schools, and just try and figure out how it all worked together and how they're solving problems and what works and what doesn't. And there are no quick fixes, right? You kind of like you look at each scenario you go, what can I take from that that's useful? What's what's relevant to me right now? And that's the way it's set up. And the book is also set up really smartly in that it is bite-sized. You can read the whole thing, of course, but you can read it little by little. And there are sections, breakout sections that are titled, If You Are Too Tired and Wired to Read the Above, which kind of gives us the executive summary because you're realistic about how busy parents' schedules are. 
And that's good. Also, because I've got 15 books on my bedside table and I wish some of them had a right word section that I could read as well. So, yeah, it was a reflection of that experience of like I read two pages in the evening after, you know, putting other kids to bed and everything. And then I fall asleep and I don't read anything else. So, yeah, it was so that if people are, you know, skipping through it, they can just pick out some bits and come back to something later. Well, you are wonderful, as is your book. Tell us more about how listeners can find out more about you, the book, and of course, follow you on social media. So I'm a Twitter person and I'm at C Armstrong LDN, which stands for London. And I have a website at christinearmstrong.com. And I look forward to hearing from your listeners. Thanks, Christine. Perfect. Okay, friends. First, have you ever heard of something called the sunken cost theory? Financial grown-up tip number one. Sometimes you pay for something and then you can't get out of it. You are stuck and the money is gone. Like Christine and her husband's big luxury trip to Thailand. Don't spend your time stressing about the money because it's already bye-bye. It's gone. Move on psychologically. Do better next time. But most of all, enjoy what you spent the money on. Financial grown-up tip number two. Keep those fixed costs low. Part of the reason that the panic attacks were kept in check for the couple was that they had a stable place to live. They owned their home and they kept their overhead low because of that. So they didn't have to worry about all of these bills that they were stuck with that they couldn't do anything about. They were able to make changes in the high cost that they did have because they were discretionary. And sure, you can go back and say they shouldn't have, could have, what have, whatever. But the reality is that when the you-know-what hit the fan, they were able to make some choices that didn't even seem that tough at the time. And it's interesting that they never really went back to a lot of those discretionary expenses, even when they could, in theory, afford them again because their perspective had changed. So you can go back now, of course, and look at what you have that's discretionary and cut back. Probably a good idea for most of us. But at least go and do an analysis of what you have that is fixed that you could not get rid of in this kind of unexpected situation where you suddenly have no income and two kids and businesses with bright futures, but still not any real meaningful cash flow temporarily. Think about what you would do if you were in their situation. All right, I hope this episode with a great Christine Armstrong gave you guys some perspective on your money and your life. Let me know your takeaways and if maybe you're making some changes because of what you heard from Christine. On Instagram, I am at BobbyRebel1. On Twitter, at BobbyRebel. And big thank yous for leaving reviews. It helps others discover the show, as does just simply telling a friend. And thank you so much. You have no idea. Thank you so much to those of you who do all these things and who subscribe and spread the word. It is truly so appreciated. We put so much work into this show and your feedback is priceless. And of course, also priceless is the advice we got from Christine Armstrong that helped us all get one step closer to being financial grown-ups. Financial Grown-Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.